Welcome to Conversations Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Sayo Nickerson. We hope that you will join Brandon, Victoria, and I as we aim to make sense of the past, age-old mysteries, and historical figures through mediumship, where we chat with beings or spirits on the other side who have a story to tell. We never know where it's going to go, and we hope that you will come along for the ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil. And I really loved this episode. Brandon, what were your thoughts? This is one of my favorite episodes, definitely. (laughs) I like how we always say that because they are so great in different ways, and it's very subtle, but... You know, I um, we record these after I edit them, and this week we spoke with Jesus or Yeshua, and um, it was it was really interesting to be present and listen to you know talk with him and hear what he had to say, and then to go back and edit it later. Well, it's a few weeks later, and listen to it again. There's all the stuff I don't even remember. Amazing insights, very wise. I mean, there's so much wisdom. And love. Yes, yeah. especially in what um, not only Jesus, but so many of the other spirits too share, yeah, these very profound messages that are very helpful mm-hmm. and tend to be what we want to hear or need to hear in this moment. So, um, yeah, do you want to say anything? I do want to say something, but I don't really know what to say because I had, I had this, this was so long ago that we did this that I don't really remember too much about it. You have stuff written down like the we're about to enter kind of a spiritual battle between the light and dark. Yeah, so I thought that was, there's some real juicy, almost sort of like prophetic um, messages that he brought through, which I found very interesting. Um, so have a listen for that part. Um, I do apologize because for this episode, we tried doing it on Zoom. So we had the recorder in the room and Brandon was on Zoom in the U.S. And the sound is just not great. And there was weird clicking things. And I tried to get rid of a lot of them, but a lot of them are still there. So please, we we do apologize for that. I think going forward, the quality will be not amazing. Back to our usual way, which is still in our house with background noises, like dogs, dogs barking. barking in the background. <laughs> um, and one thing though, we, we were discussing was watching the episodes or listening to the episodes a few times, because every time you listen to them, you're saying, and it's true, you pick up new things, you pick up new ideas. And... Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's very much like a psychic reading because really that is what it is. But if you get a psychic reading from someone, you'll You'll write down things that are really important to you at the time that resonate, but then you can go and listen to the recording, you know, three months later and be like, wow, I didn't like, they said that and that totally happened. And, oh, I didn't pick up that that's what they were referring to at the time that makes so much sense Mm now. So I, I really noticed that in this particular episode with Jesus that like listening to it again, just today and yesterday, um, it gave me some really cool insights that I didn't pick up on the first time, or maybe I did and I forgot about them. So yeah, that's something you may want to consider revisiting some of the older episodes um, down the road. But yeah, we we really loved speaking with this beautiful, powerful spirit that was Jesus or Yeshua. Mm-hmm. And we really hope that you enjoy this episode. And I think there is so much more that he could say about all kinds of topics. This was just a very short snippet into, you know, one hour's worth of discussions, which could go on for years. So um, I think maybe we'll have more conversations with him in the future. And I would love to have more conversations with him. Yeah, me too. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil. A bit of a different format this week because we have Brandon with us on Zoom all the way from the U.S. of A in Portland. Is that where you are? I'm in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, okay. Vancouver, Washington. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we're in Bali. And we've missed Brandon because he's been away. He's going to be gone a total of five weeks, but he's coming back soon. And we were talking about who we should speak with today or try to get in touch with. 
and the topic of ascended masters came up because you, Vic, said that an ascended master had shown themselves to you. So why don't you tell us about that? They hadn't. Oh, I read that as has. (laughs) So I'm like, great, let's do that. (laughs) I was very confused by your message. I was like, "Uh, I have nothing. Okay. Um, Well, no, before Brandon has mentioned doing a few ascended masters, um, and then I thought, yeah, this week would be a, a good time to do that. I felt like suddenly there's a need for just some divine inspiration to flow through or whatever, and we could just look at or ponder questions of life instead of trying to find the history of someone let's just ask for some guidance maybe on things in the world or our own life questions we have um yeah slightly different format switch up okay and brandon do you want to tell us a little bit about ascended masters because i think you do know a fair amount about them yeah but but there's so many different ideas about them so what i've i've learned about them is that they've actually um these humans have ascended physically to a higher dimension. They were able to, through breath work or through other types of spiritual means, and uh, they are actually um, helping the human plane on a different level. And like Saint Germain, Thoth, Yeshua, or sorry, Jesus Christ. Ooh, oh, that's kind of like that gets into religion. That kind of scares me saying that because um, people would be like, "No, he would not be." Oh man, there's like the Buddha. Buddha wouldn't be considered one. Um, uh, These are people who physically ascended and didn't have their bodies die on earth. Um, Does that make sense? Where did their bodies go? They physically ascended and physically became light bodies. Okay. So so in the Bible, when Jesus goes up to heaven, that's him ascending. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what what it is in the Bible. Uh, In other traditions... Jesus ascended at a different time at a different place, oh. but yeah, uh, I don't want, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into the religions. Okay. So there are different theories on what ascended masters are. What's what that? There are different theories on what ascended masters are is what you're saying. Yeah. And that's the, the that's, that's the theory I know that okay. the one I just said, where they physically ascend their bodies, turn into light bodies. Um, it's different than, um, oh, I forget what it's called. Is it called Samadhi? I forget yeah. where Buddhists can go into meditation and leave their body. That's, that's a different kind of ascension. The ascension that are the ascended masters are the ones that have physically ascended to another dimension. According to what I've, I know, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I, that's, that's the theories that I understand it by. Because they've graduated from the earthly plane. Yeah. So like I would say Babaji would be one where he's, um, do you know Babaji? Babaji. 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 Yeah, things like that where he's still. Well, people say still, he I don't really know that is because he's he's considered an immortal, a physical immortal. Um, this would be again on a different plane to help the ascension of humankind. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. well, does that bring up anything for you? Um, I mean, I've never heard anyone say it that way that. What is your what is what have you learned? So annoying because we did this in my psychic development class a few weeks ago, and that was the one lesson I missed. So I really oh. want to know what their opinion was. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I've heard about them over the years. My feeling was that they're people who have lived on Earth, so they've lived human lives, whereas um, most of the angels haven't, apart from like one or yeah. two, I think. Um, yes, yes. So they're like a level below angels. Yeah. So someone like Mother Mary or Mary Magdalene. Yeah, Mother Mary. Yeah, Mary Magdalene. There's loads of them. I can't (laughs) name them all. And they, I feel like their human incarnations are over. Oh, interesting. Huh. That was mine. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, that makes sense. If you turn into a light body, you can't have a physical body. They've ascended so Um, high in, in the hierarchy of spirits or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. they wouldn't come back down now. Well, should okay. we try to call one in? I feel like picking one and calling them in. So we need guidance in our lives. The whole world does. Well, do you want? Do you want to call in? So I call Jesus Yeshua. Do we want to call in Yeshua, or 
or Mary Magdalene. I'm just feeling into this. I'm like, which one feels yeah. right? Or I wish yeah. I, I knew more names. Um, I realize this also feels a bit scary for me. I had this situation in class a few days ago where we did angels and I was in a personal space where my heart was really blocked and I was in a lot of like emotional pain and it was scary yeah. having them come through. Okay. Because it's like, oh God, if I f let that love in, I'm going to have to mm. feel all my shit. Mm. <laughs> so when you said Jesus, I was like, ah, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm, confronting. I, I, okay. <laughs> That's that's kind of yeah. But good. <laughs> Let's do him. <laughs> so, no, so, that's a good thing. She's saying like it's it's good to push our boundaries a little bit, right? Yeah. Maybe we could do more than one. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll just have a lineup of. Yeah, and my feeling is that we don't necessarily need to ask them about their lives. Like it's more about the message. Just, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that we would do more of messages. Yes, like they would exactly. come through and just Yeah, I'm more interested in that. I don't know what Sai was more interested in. No, I'm I'm in the same place. I think I don't know how these collective world energies work, but I get the sense that we're kind of all in a space of wanting a little bit of guidance and support right now. There's some crazy stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. I don't think anybody can even picture where we're going to be in five years. So any kind of support that we can get in the meantime, I think is very that's a, helpful. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Cool. So Jesus is? Jesus. Jesus. Yeshua. Okay. It's nerve wracking. I'm just going to take a second to tune in, but we can cut this bow. Yep. Take your time. Okay, I can already feel my energy shifting, vibrating. It's very different to um, talking to a dead human. <laughs> um, and just letting him slowly come in, because it can be quite overwhelming to have an energy that strong just suddenly take over. So I really have to focus on keeping myself and my body throughout this. But I feel that he wants to, and, and I want him to just speak through the heart rather than describing what I see. It's more just, I feel like it's going to be a feeling and just words coming through. So I feel like someone just start, ask a question. And, oh, okay. And we'll ask see, a question. And we'll see what he has to say. I just want to um, say that for me, I, like, I'm, <laughs> it's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. He's so full of love. That's like what I sense. I just feel this, like, it's almost like this, pushing out energy of love and it's overwhelming yeah i'm like starting to cry now <laughs> yeah that's what happened to me like a minute ago um for me it's it's interesting because i i think i told you about how i had this really powerful dream once and people sometimes have different i don't know angels i guess or ascended masters or different you know in that world i'm not really familiar with it and the terms but that they is kind of like their personal person, you know, like you said, you're a near death lady. She met a particular. What was the guy, name of the guy that she met who answered all her questions? Uh, Drumvalo Melchizedek. Okay, yeah. So there's, you know, and then for somebody else, it'll be someone else. But I had this super powerful dream, and it was Jesus, and I was on a bus going to jail because I had probably killed someone which is a dream that comes up for me every now and then yeah you've mentioned that before. yeah and he came out in the field and was just like put his head up against me and and i just felt like this love unconditional love and he's like you know you're forgiven like i love you and and i was crying and that feeling just came back to me again mm -hmm. and thinking and i kind of forgot when we decided to talk to him I, I forgot about that so then in a way i think i do have a bit of a personal like even though it sounds funny, because it's so Jesus is such a religious figure, but that is who was in my dream. So, and also only because he was made religious, he was made a religious symbol. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, that's how his story was told by humans. <laughs> but he's so much more than that. I, my question yeah. is, what would what would he like to say to Brandon? Huh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Getting personal. Okay. <laughs> I feel that in my throat chakra, like there's something, 
things you aren't saying um or like he's really encouraging you to share and speak there's more there hold on but the initial feelings in my throat it's like there's so much alive in your heart but you're not sharing what happens in there through your voice and i can feel my voice almost breaking um yeah, your body and heart is alive with stuff and you, he wants you to share it. It's encouraging you to like get stuff out. That's great. Yeah, that's true. And there's a, a disconnect as well from like the third eye and the crown. So information you receive and what you feel in your heart is just not meeting in the middle of the throat. You're not sharing your wisdom, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick question for him. Yeah. So he came to me in a dream... I think I was a teenager or a little bit, you know, young 20s maybe. And uh, we were at a playground, you know, present time. And I was me. And he's, he's told me that his soul name is Sananda. And that we've been friends many times and that we're friends. And is that his real soul name? It's interesting. I'm seeing it more as like... That's a version of him. It's weird. It's like his energy can be in the bodies or souls of loads of different people. So maybe you've met him through somebody else. I don't know if that makes sense. That's just how I'm seeing it. Okay. And then, are you still picking up some info? Carry on. Keep talking. I'm just... I want to circle back around. What does... Yeshua have to say about Saya. <laughs> what does she need to learn in this moment? Well, when you were talking about your dream, I felt like I was receiving something about the dream. I don't think you've murdered anyone. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's like he said, that message from him is, or even to the world, there's like, there's nothing that you can do that isn't unforgivable. It's like about not being so hard on yourself about decisions you may have made in your life, regrets you may have or things you may feel guilty for. And I feel like that guilt may be more underlying, like it's not always out, but there's some things that you, some decisions that you question that you've made or like what's right, what's wrong. But I Mm. feel like his message is the love is always there, no matter what you've done, like nothing is unforgivable, choices are made. There's something deeper than that though. And you say he put his hand on your forehead? No, his head on my, like... His head on your head. Had his hand on my back of my head and, like, had his head up against my... Just, you know, like you do with a child, right? You're like, it's okay. Mm. That's amazing. It was was amazing. I was, like, 22 or something. But it's like, I see you, is what I feel he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And you're okay. Yeah. Just the way you are. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, what is what is happening in the world right now? You know, what does this all mean in the bigger picture? He's saying something about anchoring in the frequency of love. There's not really a desire from him to focus on the darkness that exists, because it's like he looks at everything through the lens of love. He's not denying that there is darkness here. But the message feels like this is a time to anchor in the frequency of love. Because we could so easily be consumed by the darkness that is existing right now. Oh gosh, okay, I see an image of people drowning. I'm not, I don't feel like this is a premonition or something. It's more like a, just a visual to describe what he's saying. People kind of drowning in water and then like in the ocean and they have their hands up and he's like going around taking people hand by hand and pulling, like trying to pull them out because we're drowning in the fear that's circulating in the world right now. And he's trying to reach out a hand to people and support them, support all of us through this. But there are some people that just won't take the hand. And the hand is love. It's not necessarily him, it's love. So there's, people are suffocating and drowning in fear. Yeah, but it's their choice if they choose love or not. Yeah. They have the option. Yeah. And if they don't choose it, they will drown. Pretty much. 
When you talk about anchoring in love, how does one do that? I feel that most in my chest. And it's really just, it's about overcoming fear. But then again, how does one do that? How do you overcome fear? It's, I'm feeling it just as light going through my whole body and just blasting out. I wish I could find the words to describe this or answer in a way that people would understand, but I can't even, it's like those words don't exist. It's a feeling, not an action. Is it, I mean, to me, it sounds like uh, just a releasing, like fear is so tension based and that if you can like just relax and let the light wash through you, then it, it gets rid of that tension. Yeah. But everyone's so blocked to it and yeah, like you say, so tense that it can't get in. And there's this feeling that this isn't just on an individual level, this is collective. And there are beings on this earth and institutions that want us to feel like that. So what I'm kind of getting is that people are drowning in their own stories or the stories around us. And they're drowning in the system that kind of keeps them in that story. Is that kind of correct? Yeah. Controlled by fear. It feels so unconscious, though. So is, is the way to make that conscious, is, is it by people um, just simply being an example of love, being an example of light? Yeah, like what's the access? How do we, if it's so tense and the container's closed, how do you crack open the container enough to let something come in? I'm seeing it as like the more people around you, say there was one person who's trapped in their fear and then they were surrounded by a circle of people who are in the frequency of love, there becomes a point where it's like, oh, it's blinding and it's frustrating because it's making them look at themselves. But at that point, they have no choice when there's no way out. Whereas if there were a gap in that circle, they could wheedle their way out. So it's like more and more people need to come together and be in groups, which I feel like we do here in Bali. There's more of a frequency of love and you're drawn to each other, but we need to step forward and put that out there. Spread it around. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting here in Bali how many different people have the dream of starting communities and building retreat centers to help others. So many people have yeah. that as their mission and their sole mission, it seems like. So I like, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And then the next step is how, how do you expand that? What are the economies of scale to get that out further from this than this one island? Well, it also feels like a battle. There's the individual level, then on the collective level, there's the love and there's the fear, so there's the light and the dark. And at some point, even soon it feels, they're going to meet face to face. It kind of feels like right now they're working in their own space, but not really. If you were to see it as a war, they're not on the ground yet fighting on the front lines with each other. They're in training. Yes. Exercises. In Yeah, in training or um, it's more like undercover warfare that you can't really see. But at some point soon, it feels like they're going to meet face to face and something's going to happen. Like, what do you mean by something? If, almost like there's going to be an ultimatum or some kind of reckoning. And I, I don't know how that's going to look. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it as there's so many different facets of life that that could be about, but I'm personally seeing it as it's like governments and media. Like, not everything's going to unravel at once, but there's going to be some kind of clash that provides an opportunity for the truth to come out. Like, it's going to be so in your face that you can't ignore it, but also it doesn't feel like it's inevitable that love will win. There's still a way that the darkness could overtake. It just depends on how many people have anchored in that frequency of love and how many people are willing to break out of their box of fear. Does that make sense? Yeah. How, how is he going about, you know, I, I know he's grabbing the hands and giving people the choice, like you can choose this. How is that 
you know, in a, in a practical, tangible way, like say somebody that I know back in Canada, like what would be the avenue for them to access that? I guess you said already, maybe just with the having people around them, but I'm wondering if there's more. It feels like a very difficult situation because obviously Jesus is in in the spiritual realm, you know, he's not here on earth, so he can't take human action. But there's such patience from him. There's no forcing people to take action. It's almost like there is no, I don't know, there is action to take. But I understand, is it's that like you want to give someone something they can do. I, I Let me just sit with that because I don't know if there is anything literal that we can do. It's like less about doing, more about feeling. Because if you're within that and you're in that frequency and you don't know what to look for, it's almost like you just have to wait for that thing to come along and then at some point something inside of you grabs hold of it and then you kind of get pulled out a bit and a bit more and a bit more and a bit more until you're out. But if you're in that frequency of fear you're not going to be looking mm-hmm. for love. You don't even know it exists. No, really. exactly. So it's just that innate choice that hopefully they take the hand. What's coming to me from you saying all this is just patience. It's like if you, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, if you can be, you know, stand in the light as much as we're able to and just be that and just trust that others will... It'll rub off somehow, but like you said, with enough people around them making that choice. Because I think there does come a tipping point, right? Where it's like the mass grows and grows and all of a sudden it's like whatever forces that be that don't want that to happen can't keep it all in anymore. Which we're already seeing unraveling with, especially with the media cover-ups of whatever. It's like it's leaking out too many holes now. Mm-hmm. Like you, They can't stamp it all out. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, that's kind of the sense that I'm getting. Yeah, and I wonder how many hundreds or thousands, hundreds of thousands of people each time these little leaks are made shift. That's them taking the hand when they start thinking, oh. Questioning. Yeah, questioning, and maybe I'm not buying into this 100% anymore. And it's not like a quick, oh, I'm all in fear now, I'm all in love. Like, it's it's a process. And it's, it's, a, a process. it's a death process as well. Like having to really just let go of everything you've believed in, everything you've trusted, everyone you've trusted. That's fucking scary. And yeah. that's where patience comes in. Is that people, you're going to flip and flop out and one minute you're going to be like, oh, I agree with you. And then you're going to drop back into, oh, maybe I don't. And you push people away. It's patience. And, and Jesus is really showing that patience. And all of the angels in those realms and the ascended masters, the one thing they always teach me is patience. They're so forgiving and loving. I mean, wouldn't you, I shouldn't even use the word forgiving because there's nothing to forgive. It's just, it's understanding. They don't, there's no sense of frustration in them at all. Hmm. They will sit there until the end of time. I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's in... Jesus's repertoire to worry but does he worry about like you said it's not guaranteed that the light side will win is this like is there any urgency on his part or is it just pure patience like at some point this will work out it could be in thousands of years from now it could be in 50. It's this feeling that it will just keep cycling back and this isn't the first cycle. (laughs) Yeah. You look at history this isn't the first cycle and it's just going to keep 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 and hopefully, you know, if this isn't the one, that at least some progress is made. And it just it will just come back until it's just as patterns in our individual lives. They keep coming back until you deal with them. Collective awakening starts with the I'm in individual the, awakening. I'm in, the, I'm in the belief system that we are waking up as a society, and I think we are going to really wake up. I think we're going to overcome this, I guess, system. Yeah. (laughs) I believe that too. It does, this is from my perspective, feel quite inevitable. 
it's like really on the edge of like this is the tipping point like it's any day now it I feels know, like it's, it's gonna so happen exciting. i literally feel like i'm gonna wake up and hear something like this has happened and the world is protesting and this truth came out we are on the fucking edge and now that yeah, i think about it it's kind of like we're we're a little bit enslaved in a way you know we don't realize a lot enslaved. yeah but you know it's kind of like breaking free from slavery yeah. and i think this is one of the ways to wake up to go through an entire lifetime or entire many many i don't know 20, 30, 50 lifetimes of either not realizing you're a slave um, or realizing you're a slave to a system that has been around for thousands of years and not just us waking up, but other beings across this entire world, or not beings, but humans, waking up as well. And I think that's how we wake up. We have to realize that we have been enslaved in one way or another. Um, even enslaved in our belief systems. Uh, we have belief systems that want to harm other people for simply believing in a, in a different way. And that's something that I think we're going to be breaking through very soon. And I think we have been. I think it's slowly getting that way. And the patience thing makes a lot of sense. Like people like me, um, I'm rather impatient and I'm just like, don't you see this is harming the planet? Don't you see this is harming each other? And people still are just in these tribal lines and they don't understand. So, so I, I, for one, I'm, I'm glad that Yeshua, sorry, Jesus brought that up and patience is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a virtue. Does he have a lot of help? I'm hearing really, we are all one. So all the beings up there are all one, but it's, it's us that kind of sees them as individuals because they're in the same pool of energy, but they, they come through as figures that they've been in, in human life. But really, they're all, it's all coming from the same source. It's almost like they're all plugged into this ball of light that I'm seeing and they're like corded to it. And eventually, like sometimes a face will come out. It's like the face of Jesus will come out. The face of Mother Mary will come out. Um, it's a collective essence and energy but they do all have their own teachings and messages and like you say you feel like you have more of a connection with Jesus because he's come to you um, yeah, you said you, you also have Jesus Saint Germain Saint Germain oh. okay what about Saint Germain <laughs> what about him is he your guy my guy mm-hmm. I don't know I've um for a long time, I've, I believe, I think, I've felt St. Germain's presence. And um, I did a breathwork session with a woman named Elle. I don't know if you know her. No, you know her. And um, we did an entire session on speaking with St. Germain, and it was incredibly powerful. It was amazing. Um, so it kind of confirmed my connection. What did you guys talk yeah. about? Oh, gosh, I have it. It's on my phone. Um, I don't quite remember right now, but I wrote it all on my phone, like immediately. I said, we have right, right after the session, I was like, oh, we can't really talk about the session. I got to write this all down. Mm. So it's there. Huh, yeah. Tell me, that sounds interesting. Yeah. My feeling is that we, the one that we need the most in this lifetime to help us fulfill our journey and complete our lessons is the one that will come to us. Like I said, they're all from the same essence, but we have stronger connections for whatever reason the right one will present themselves to you like i feel like archangel michael for me is a strong energy that comes through a lot yeah i guess it would depend on what we're working on like Mm -hmm. i think for me the the forgiving of you know myself or thinking i'm trying to (laughs) think i'm a good person somehow like that makes sense that that goes along with jesus right I'm just feeling like, imagine how much Jesus had to forgive himself for, like, feeling like he maybe done something wrong because everyone's persecuting him and having to stay so strong and then I know what I did was right. And I feel like that's the message that he gives to people and he's giving to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can hold it. 
Yeah, you can hold your choices and not let the people around you sway you. Yeah. And what do you think Archangel Michael's kind of main characteristics? Well, for me, he's the protector. So if I need protection, I'll call him. Um, in some ways, I feel like in this life, I need a lot of protection. Like, I know I can protect myself, but there's a sense of safety having him there. Because working in these realms, I am having to deal with forces that are challenging. Um, as with people in my everyday human life that are challenging. <laughs> and quest and, and ask me to question myself they challenge me to question myself and that's where it's like nope get that sword out <laughs> cut them out of the way you can trust yourself yeah yeah cool i'm in a dangerous pickle or i think i need safety i'll say michael 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 three times and i've heard that works i don't know if it does but I, the rule of three is something i have learned about like if you're calling in a spirit and you're not sure whether it's of the light or it's a little trickster, if you say, are you of the light three times, and you get yes, 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 then it's correct. But if you get like, yes, no, yes, then you send them away and you stop. <laughs> they have to answer to the rule of three. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are some other questions we can ask Jesus? I want to ask him what he thinks of our podcast. <laughs> Okay. Oh Feels like as long as we're keeping it from the heart, then it's a strong message. Like his, his feeling is always through the heart. Like do it because of love, not because of, I mean, there's, there's, I feel like there's darkness we could dip into of, I want to stir shit up. Um, but that's coming more from ego rather than it is from a place of love. We just need to stay in that truth of, we are doing this because we want to anchor in the frequency of love. And, and will it help middle. people with that? I believe so. I feel like it, it gives um, the people who listen a more zoomed out perspective of life and greater than the pain that they might just be in right now, might feel right now. There's so much peace for me anyway of knowing that there's a, a soul's journey and this is just a speck of that. And that so much magic exists and to question as well I think that's a really important part that's one of like the action steps is to question and again it's not for wanting to stir things up and meddle it's like just question like the things we are told and taught who the fuck wrote them mm -hmm. and actually talking to a being and hearing their side of the story is so important and also bringing them more into a, um, I want to call it a frequency of understanding. Like, um, like we saw with Joan of Arc, it wasn't what the world had painted her to be. So it's like, let's just make her more human, see what she was like. Or people like celebrities like Michael Jackson or Elvis, this image that we have of them, let's let them off the hook a bit with love. And like acknowledge how much pain they were in, yeah. for example. How they're just like us, but because they were famous or they're remembered for some reason, there's so much more pressure on them. But they are no different than we are. And I guess it, it contributes to people having unreal, unrealistic expectations about who they might be or what they can achieve. It's like, oh, well, I can't do what you know Michael Jackson did for example, mm -hmm. and then versus seeing that there's all sides just like anybody. Yeah. Because I think that is one of the most powerful things for people. It's like, wow, well, that person's just a regular person like me. Like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. That brings up a good, good um, not a quote, it's a kind of a good saying of, uh, we judge ourselves even more than we judge others. And... And that, that can come with simply what you were saying, Sayo, like we don't think we're good enough to do something. And we're, we're constantly judging ourselves, those little tiny judgments, kind of daily. Um, what would, I want to keep saying Yeshua. You what would Yeshua? That. That's his name. Uh, what would Yeshua say about judgment, judging others and judging oneself? I just randomly heard judgment is a fool's errand. Um, Why do we even have it? Right? 
I'm seeing the scales for the astrological sign Libra, and that's about like the you know judgment. Isn't that the judgment card in tarot is Libra? Mm-hmm. The scales. Um, it's like there does need to be some kind of balance, but it is more of a human. It's a human thing. In the spiritual realms, it's like that doesn't really exist in the same frequency like there almost is judgment because when you pass you know you'll look at your life and and you'll see the things you did wrong or you could have done better but it's it's just not through a lens of judgment there's so much compassion but you still I don't even think there are human words for it there's not words in our vocabulary but I'll try and explain it in a way that hopefully people will understand that's what we would call judgment, you know? Okay, I'm dead, now I'm looking at my life and seeing what I did wrong, but it's not judgment. I'd actually say it's acceptance. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. But in earthly realm, there's so much frustration and impatience and judgment um, of our choices that we don't look through the lens of compassion and love and acceptance, rarely. And we are, we're learning to do that. Hmm. I don't even know if I answered the original question. <laughs> well, it's, it's almost like um, here on Earth, even for ourselves, we don't give our we don't give each other or ourselves room for making mistakes. I mean, some people do. If you look at the media, that's a definitely no no. Um, or or social media, you'll see everybody judging somebody for mistakes that they've definitely made as well. I mean, I'm not talking about murder or anything like that, but I'm talking about minor stuff. So I really don't have a question there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hearing like judgment keeps people trapped. Oh, that makes sense. So that's the media's motive is to keep people trapped in fear. And if you're judging someone and then the person who's being judged is like, oh my God, I'm being judged. Now I'm in fear. They're locked away and frozen unless they can... I mean, that's a really hard task when the world's looking at you and judging you to push it away and reject it and be like, that is not mine. That will take a really strong soul. It's possible. But judgment is to keep people trapped. Acceptance is to free people. Did Yeshua feel the judgment when he was on earth? I can see him being persecuted. and I mean, who knows if the story of him on the cross is even real? I don't know. But let's say it is. In that moment of him being persecuted, I feel acceptance. I feel a slight sadness. Not sadness for himself, though. Sadness for humanity. But there's acceptance of... People have chosen to judge me. I accept that. I accept my choices. Yeah, it's not, it's not about him, though. And that's a great thing to remember and try to live by. It, it, it's just being standing in your truth of who you are and being clear about your values and how you've acted and if you can feel okay about how you have acted and held yourself and treated others doesn't then you realize it becomes easier to discern that the judgment is exterior and coming from somewhere outside of yourself and it doesn't reflect on who you are and i've talked about that with like my little facebook comments that I made in this like effort to try to, you know, help people in my mind and the crazy attacks that I got. But I was, I think it really did a really good job of not taking it personally. Cause I knew I'm like, that's not, that has nothing to do with me. That's all their own fear speaking. Yeah. But I'm also, you know, a continent away or two or <laughs> that it's a bit easier than if you were living in that every day with people looking at you or, mm you know, versus being able to isolate in my own bubble of support and love here and dip out into that world on occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that it's not without its challenges here too, as you were talking about, but it feels really good to be able to stand in your power like that. Yeah. And there are, I'm seeing there are levels of acceptance. There's like, okay, a friend is attacking you on a level of, you're a bad friend or... You did this wrong. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But where can you accept in yourself? Like, I trust myself. I know that I'm right. And then 
you know, go up a layer where there's probably more people involved and then it's all the world stuff and the media and the government and that's where it becomes harder for acceptance because acceptance isn't about accepting somebody's behaviour. Like, there are things that are, are wrong and unnecessary, but it's more like accepting the situation for what it is. So I don't want to say, like, oh, yeah, I don't judge the media for being like this, I accept them. No, but you accept the situation for what it is and you that's where you bring yourself peace. Because even the people who are the... I feel like they're the warriors, the warriors, well, not the warriors, the warriors of um, this fight that we're in. But actually, a lot of the time, they're still in fear because they're fighting, I feel, a lot of the time is because of fear. There's a lack of acceptance and patience in them, which in its own way is beautiful, but they're still holding that frequency of fear sometimes, I, I think. I think you're totally right. I mean, I just think about how it'd be, for example, just things like vaccine mandates. If that was your job on the line, like you're going to fight back, but you're fighting back from a place of fear and anger and, you know, being treated unfairly versus being able to step back and look at it as this like entity and accept it for what it is and be wanting to change it and do your part and bring awareness, but not having it be so personal. Mm -hmm. So I think for some people, you can't help it but be personal because it is so personal to their everyday lives. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see if there's anything that he would want to say or share about his life on Earth, Mm -hmm. if there's anything. Yeah, definitely will be some teachings there for sure. See, I feel and see him as being really accepting. I see, like, cues of people coming to him for acceptance and what what they would think is forgiveness. Almost like when people, you know, the Catholics go and, what's it called? When you, a confession. Yeah. Um, and they're asking for forgiveness, but he's seeing it as they're asking for acceptance. Totally. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Am I okay? Yeah. And there's just people queuing to feel his acceptance, but then he's like... I can give it to you, but you have to give it to yourself. That Everyone's looking outside of themselves. Wow, the judgment card. Everyone looks outside of themselves for judgment. I mean, we judge ourselves too. We judge ourselves and then we ask others for validation of, was I wrong or was I right? Like, we'd... And I see people doing that in his lifetime. He's confused. Like, no one can judge you. It's whether you accept it yourself or not. What about the whole thing in in the Bible about Judgment Day? Where'd that come from then? That just feels like a man-made written fear thing. Did that... Which part of the Bible is that in? All the stuff about... Revelation. So that's... So was that written by the church? (laughs) Or is it actually... The Bible was written by um, John. Revelations was. Oh, Um, in the cave in Patmos. That one? Uh, in Greece? I've been in that yeah. cave. where John. So. Yeah, that's right, where John had the revelations. And that's where all the judgment stuff stems from? Judgment um, Day? Well, what I've learned is um, I, I didn't want to get into religion, but I guess you kind of can't not. Um, so there was something called the Canaan, and it was it happened during the Justinian time, during the Roman power. I'm saying this all terribly. The Byzantine Empire was Justinian. Okay. Um, And uh, Justinian uh, wanted to convert the empire to Christianity. One of the things that they did is there, there was, I guess, a huge get together (laughs) in, in one of the cathedrals or one of the um, main temples. And, they brought all of the a lot of the priests together, and um, they even blocked the doors with soldiers so people couldn't leave. And they decided what should what books should go into the Bible. The Christians know this. Uh, Christians have it in a positive light that the, that was all led by God. Other people think that this is where they kind of edited out things, put in new things, um, created a way to really 
control the people. And uh, one of the mainstays of it was that the common people cannot see what's in here. It can only be preached by the priests. Um, that was a new concept. And um, so that's where that stuck as well. What, what is the question? Why am I going on with this? Um, oh, I was just wondering about the origins of this whole concept of being judged on Judgment Day oh, versus yes. it being so, Acceptance Day. Yeah, so if, if, you, if you look at the, um, the Bible, the, one of the original Bibles uh, that was in Aramaic, it didn't, have even, it didn't even have hell in it. Translated from hell was just a garbage pit that was, that was translated into hell. Um, and then they continued to change the translations to the Greek versions, the Latin versions, and all of that stuff. And by the time it actually got into the hands of, um, because of Luther, because of the Lutheran guy, um, he, uh, there was uh, countless, countless different versions of the Bible, countless different ways to interpret the Bible. And I think it was up to 80 translations by that time. And so it's completely been changed. And again, I don't want to get into religious debate or anything like that. So, but that's just what I've learned um, through my studies as a world religions major. So, I mean, I mean, I was a world religion major, then I changed to hist history major because I realized I don't know what I would do with world religions. <laughs> so, um, Interesting. I wonder what he thinks of the Bible. Good question. That's awesome. Did you play the game Chinese Whispers? Mm -hmm. Where you go around the circle telephone. and start... Is that what you call it? Yeah. Okay. The telephone, yes. Chinese Whispers is racist now. Um, <laughs> probably. Whisp what did you call it? Telephone? Yeah. Telephone. How the, how the message just gets mangled through the retelling. Yes. Which is what I'm hearing from him. He's using that as an example. Like... He could tell a story, well, just like he's telling me a story, and I might just be translating it in a way that I understand or the way that fits my narrative. So that's what I kind of feel happens. Like, things get lost in translation. And then when you start writing, you like, oh, this and this and this, and you pull in your own bits, and it's not, it's not like a pure channeling. There are definitely elements in there, but... Also, you have all of these ministers that are translating, let's say, John 5, 4, which, by the way, is not in the New International Version. Let's say they're on the New King James Version, and they're reading, they're interpreting 5, 4, John 5, 4, and you'll have 100 different ministers saying 100 different inter interpretations for that one line. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, really, it's really easy to see how things could be misinterpreted. Does he think that it would have been better had there been no Bible? Because otherwise, how do you keep the message alive? Because if it's just through humans, well, that's always going to be interpreted through a filter and a narrative. Yeah, it's still going to get switched every generation. <laughs> so does he think it was good that at least some of it got captured versus none? Or was it just not necessary at all to spread his message? It's like he's saying there doesn't need to be a book to spread his message because he's the energy of him still here. But there's an understanding that humans need often something in front of them to believe in they need a framework to work from because most humans aren't in the feeling state where they can just embody that which is what i'm also noticing lately was like astrology human design um all the different methods um even all the different like psychotherapeutic models it's all like the same message underneath but there's just different frameworks that people can look at outside of them to make sense of what it is they don't realize they feel on the inside and it feels the same with the bible like they are truths that exist within us we just can't really access them because we've lost the, that that way of living and so it's helpful to have something outside of us yeah, that brings up for me, like, just, again, sticking with your truth. So I could see how if you're a person who has the intention of just being inquisitive and learning more about yourself, you could read the Bible, read a line, sit with it, and be like, how does that resonate with me? You know, what am I, 
Oh, you know, I think you'd come to a lot of revelations, revelations about yourself by approaching it in that sense versus, okay, what is Jesus telling us? Okay, everybody, this is what it says. We must do this. Because I think ultimately spirituality is an individual experience. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the same for everybody. Um, so I could see how the Bible as a guide, if it's used in the right way, could actually be really helpful. Yeah, and I, I think it's yeah. religion that's kind of gone off a bit where I feel like every religion has judgment in it. Well, it's also people just passing off their power, mm -hmm. right? What was it we were talking about? Was it at one of these where it's like everybody just needs to take back their power, Take it back from the government. Take it back from the belief systems and all this stuff that we've been taught. Like we need to follow because of this, this, this. And coming back to like what's true for ourselves, every person in the world. If we did that and took ownership of the decisions that we make, not like we're just doing this because, you know, I saw it on the news and I need to do this. We'd have a much happier and empowered population. Mm-hmm who would then probably have a whole bunch of different rules and forms of leadership, and it would change everything, wouldn't it? What does um, Yeshua think about our current news, like news channels, news anchor, anchors? All he's really saying is that there are very, very few that anchor the frequency of love, and I doubt any of the mainstream ones do. There's no lens of love over any of them i like that anchoring the frequency of love that's a that's a nice little phrase to remember that seems to be kind of the message is that we each it'd be very beneficial if we each anchored the frequency of love mm -hmm. and and i may not know how to do that but i think we can imagine ourselves doing that and perhaps that's one of the first steps just imagining that you are love and through this whole conversation, like the acceptance and the moving away from judgment, um, liberating ourselves. And, it, and I'm, we're lucky. We're already in a space where, yeah, we, I mean, I feel fear all the time, um, multiple times every day, but I'm not frozen by it. Like I've come so far now that the frequency of love does exist within me too. And I know I have a choice. So we are in a more privileged space where we can make those choices. Um, what does he have to say to all the people who are really trapped in fear right now? Just wonder if they'll even be listening to this. What does he want them to know? That it starts with acceptance. Because I think the term love, especially when you're trapped in that fear, can be so overwhelming that you can't jump straight to that. It's acceptance. It's like, okay, I feel trapped. I feel fearful. I feel pain. And they're all statements of acceptance. I, even if it's like, I fear nothing will change. I fear I won't change. That's acceptance for your state. That's, that feels like it's where people can start. They might not see that in the moment, but they're moving towards love there. But acceptance is the first step. So an awareness, I yeah. guess, awareness that you're even feeling those things and yeah. then accepting them. Yeah. So looking inside. Mm -hmm. Even looking outside if you're not ready to look inside. Huh. That was a really tragic story on the news or just bringing awareness to feeling an emotion. Like what, if something happens, what does that trigger within you? Right, because so many people are just numbed yeah. right now. And it's an unconscious reaction to everything. Someone's mad at me. Oh, I'm going to scream back. Something sad on the news. Oh, it's the end of the world. I'm going to go have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. But such an unconscious reaction. Even if they do feel emotion, there's no connection to their emotion. Hmm. I found this to be really enlightening. Hmm. Is there anything else that he wants to say? Do you have any more questions, Brandon? It's a lot to digest. I love it. Oh, I have one. Um... In the Bible, he said, what I am, you can be and more. Can he, what's the word? Elaborate. Thank you. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> elaborate on that. 
what I am, you can be, and more. Well, essentially, it feels like everything we've discussed in this, the way he was so accepting when he was being judged, the frequency of love. It's like, you can be exactly what I was and more. He's not saying, like, I did the greatest job of being that person and I was so enlightened that I couldn't have felt any more accepting and loving. There's no, um, no end to those feelings, emotions. What do you call those words? He, um, created, he created miracles. Um, is that also part of that elaboration? And there's such humbleness. He doesn't even see them as miracles. It's just like that's, you can be that free and that, on that frequency. Anyone can. I bet he just sees that as being very proud of that person for having gotten their power. Like I, I see himself, like this, sees himself as a coach sort of, or like a, yeah, like there's, no, there's no competition. You can do it. Not like I performed this miracle. No. Right? No, no competition. Just it's wants the best we, for everybody. Yeah, we are all that. Aww. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I feel very humbled that he came to visit us today, mm. honestly. And Does I want to spread the message. I feel like an apostle. <sighs> there is so much we can learn from all of these ascended masters, angels, higher beings. But I also understand, you know, you may listen to this and feel like pumped and like, yeah, I'm going to accept stuff and be loved and blah, blah, blah. We're also still human. And I'm probably going to go home and be anxious at some point today. So yes, just got to roll with it. <laughs> yeah. It's just having that awareness makes all the difference. If you can see that that's what you're going through, yeah. you can pause, look at it, be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to yeah. react this way. And then you can change it. And it's not about transcending the human experience. That's bypassing the human experience. And for some reason, his journey was, was his one. And as much as we can all be like him, I don't believe that we're all meant to be in this life. We're still in a collective journey of raising the vibration. And that means that the darkness still exists. And we don't need to deny that and bypass to enlightenment and love we just have to go with it do our best you're always so good at acknowledging the i i always i have a tendency more to sort of <laughs> make things sound better than they are or like you know embellish i'm an mm. embellisher by nature and i love how you're always like i feel this way and it hurts and um that's always a good lesson for me too to just like come back to that and because you're going to judge yourself even harder if you try and be that great person and yeah. you realize this is fucking hard. Yeah. I'm struggling. Yeah. Well, anything else? Shall we wrap it up? Feels like I a think so. good yeah. end. Yeah. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, JC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Yeshua. You know, it's interesting that, the, you know, this episode, I mean, it, it reminds me of other episodes, yeah. even though it's so, like not, I mean, he did live here as well. Yeah. So, but everybody who passes on, they just want to share messages of love, right? And of humanness. And it reminds me of Michael Jackson that we did last week, mm -hmm. almost. I don't know how. Exactly. Just in that, like the human experience and how we all struggle. And it's about, learning to be okay in the face of whatever mm. comes. And it's just with those beings that aren't ascended masters, you kind of have to sift through the the human pain first. Right. Whereas with Jesus, it's like the light. He's all light to it. Yeah. yeah. So you skip the trying to figure them out and like, are you lying to me? It's just, it is what it is. There's no, no bullshit there in the way that we have to get through to get to the soul. Do you prefer that? Or do you like the, the, the negotiating with the spirit? <laughs> Love the challenge. I, I really enjoy them both because 
most spirits aren't ascended masters or angels. So, and dealing with past spirits is like dealing with humans. Um, we're human, so it's more realistic. But I do think it's important sometimes, like what we did today, to get those messages through, plain and simple, and not have to like dig around for them and wonder whether there's a bit of trickery in there. Hmm. What did you think yeah. of, of today's episode, Brennan? Oh, this I love this kind of stuff. This is kind of my favorite. For what reasons? For what reasons? Good question. For the love aspect. I mean, the anchoring of the love. That is so important. And Yeshua is, or Jesus, uh, in my perspective, is one of the most enlightened souls and loving souls that ever walked this planet. And you always seem to get the same exact, when somebody either channels Yeshua or even thinks of Jesus, it, it's kind of the same reaction. It's kind of like, I feel all this love. I feel all this light. And how important is that? I mean, especially right now. I mean, it's always important because um, every century there's crap that happens and people are looking for hope. And the hope is always kind of what Jesus talks about. It's in each other and us, and it's in the form of love. It's a form of acceptance, a for forgiveness and patience, um, everything we talked about today. So I think this is a very important it's important. And I'm just feeling like another note that just came to me was that when we're connecting to Michael Jackson, Elvis, Joan of Arc, whatever, they are still on individual journeys as souls. Whereas skipping straight up there is like, he's done. So it's purely for the collective. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Hmm. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we will see you at our next episode. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.